So I met with maybe about um, about 10 companies and kissed a lot of frogs and, and most of them just didn't guess what I was trying to build. Most of the companies I met know were, um, they were more interested in securing revenue, consulting revenue for that month until I met Cahill, who is now my, my, uh, the CTO of, of Snapfix. And literally, I started explaining to him what I wanted to build. He nearly took the sentence out of my mouth and said, you mean you want to do this, 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 and this? And I was like, yeah. And then he kept going with, you know, how far this thing can go. Hi, my name is Paul McCarthy. I'm the founder and CEO of Snapfix. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Labhart, and today how Paul McCarthy set out to ease property managers' pain and create the WhatsApp for property management. All this and more on Code Story. Paul McCarthy grew up in Cork, Ireland and went to school there. He lives around the corner from the sea and likes to dip in now and again. Literally, swim in the ocean. He calls it a great shock to the system, but ensured that I know he doesn't spend a full hour in the water. Five years ago, Paul was fed up with the archaic ways that properties were managing their safety, maintenance, and work orders manually through platforms like WhatsApp. He set out to build the simplest way to manage your hotel facilities and team, using photos. This is the creation story of Snapfix. I set myself a mission about five years ago to build the simplest maintenance platform in the world for all buildings, all infrastructure, and all equipment. I was solving my own problem, so I've got 25 years in computer software development. And in parallel with that, Noah, I've always been managing both commercial and residential buildings as part of a family business. And I got really, really frustrated with how complex the systems were. And people were still using post-it notes, emails, texting me, leaving me voicemails, tapping me on the shoulder. And it was very, very difficult to manage all the requests that were coming in and then distributing them effectively and efficiently to um, to my team or to contractors. The common denominator, of course, at, at that time was WhatsApp, which is a wonderful tool for chat, and everyone was communicating really, really effectively using, using photos. And I designed a, a solution using all of the principles of WhatsApp, so everything that people love, the photos, the messaging, um, sharing information, but I've overlaid it with a red, yellow, green traffic light system so that red means something needs to get done, yellow, it's in progress, green completed, and it's keeping that level of, of simplicity has has helped our customers really enjoy using it. So if you can imagine yourself in a building and you're managing a building, all of the people within that building are walking around with smartphones and all of them now, just by simply taking a photo, can contribute to the to the well-being of that building. Let's dive into the MVP then, so that first product you built. How long did it take you to build? And what sort of tools did you use to bring it to life? Like with anything, you want to find the uh, a really good software development company to, to develop your MVP and your prototype. So I met with maybe about, um, about 10 companies 
and kissed a lot of frogs and and most of them just didn't get what I was trying to build, which was a global platform um, with real-time synchronization of, of photos and data between Android, iOS and web. Most of the companies I met know where um, they were more interested in securing revenue, consulting revenue for that month until I met Cahill, who is now my, my, uh, the CTO of, of Snapfix. And literally, I started explaining to him what I wanted to build. He nearly took the sentence out of my mouth and said, you mean you want to do this, 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 and this? And I was like, yeah. And then he kept going with, you know, how far this thing can go. And choosing the right person on day one to, uh, to, to build your prototype is really, really important. That was the best meeting ever. Um, Carl came into Snapfix and brought, uh, brought a bunch of his team into Snapfix, so it helped us hit the ground running from day one. In answer to your question about the MVP itself, I designed what I thought was the simplest solution for, for managing properties, and then I really, really looked at it again, and I cut the scope in half. So, so I think a focus on simplicity is really, really important. I did a lot of study around how Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive designed the iPod and the iPhone and everything like that. And it was around having a ruthless focus around eliminating everything that's not absolutely necessary. And that, that's, that's kind of worth repeating. It's, it's a ruthless focus of eliminating everything that's not absolutely necessary. When you get that into your head, you eliminate a lot of, a lot of features that, that people don't really need. So with any, you know, MVP, you've got to go through that process of elimination, right? And, and it sounds like you really focused on that in, a, in an intense way. Tell me about, you know, how you went through that process. What, you know, what did you accept? What did you take out? How did you make those decisions? And, and tell me how you coped with those decisions. Um, I was fortunate to know a lot of people in the property sector, in the real estate sector, and I initially started with a literally a PowerPoint presentation, even before I met with Cahill. And I started showing it to people and they were saying, you know what, there's too many, too many things there. I don't need that. I'm extremely busy. I just need to take a photo and, and keep it just super, super simple. So then Cahill developed a, uh, a prototype, but before he did, he developed a statement of work, which ended up being about a 50-page document. So we had, we had screen mock-ups and how one screen would transition to the next and what were the business rules under, underneath each of those. Um, so we put a huge amount of effort into design before ever writing a lot of code. Fast forward a little bit. You've got your MVP done. It's working. You're getting some traction. How did you progress the product from there and mature it? And I think to wrap that in a box a little bit, what I'm looking for is how you built your roadmap, how you went about deciding, okay, this is the next most important thing for you and the team to build. My recommendation to all startups was is listen to your customers. So I was based here in Ireland, obviously, and so I drove literally from from property to property and customers that it really started resonating with were hotels. So hotels operate 24 seven. They have a large audience of multilingual staff and they demand the highest quality. So hotels started saying, you know what, this can really solve our, our multilingual team problem that we have. 
I started visiting more and more and more hotels and they started using it for reactive maintenance, which is you've got a leaking tap, somebody in housekeeping takes a photo that instantly um, is seen by the maintenance team and they can prioritize it and progress it to completion. And then they started explaining other issues they had within, within the property and one of them being fire safety checks, for example. Many people would have still just been using paperwork and ticking boxes on, a, on, on sheets of paper saying, yeah, I've done the fire walk or the fire safety check. And in Ireland, hotels do that three times a day. So it's quite onerous and it's a lot of paperwork and it's very, very inefficient. And obviously some people could be sitting in the basement having a cup of coffee, ticking off the checklist. So there was no verifiable proof that it was actually being done. So we, we, Colin and I looked at that problem and we obviously, we implemented a checklist feature, which was, which was only halfway there. We integrated it into these little NFC tags that can be stuck on fire doors and screwed into the door frame. And now when the firewalks are being done by our, our customers, the person or the engineer is just walking along at, at quite a good pace and they just tap their phone on the tag and it gives a verifiable proof of presence. So it says Paul McCarthy attended Fire Door 17 at this date and time. So it's single tap simplicity and solving a real customer problem at the same time. Okay, let's switch to team then. So you, so you told me about how you found Cathal. How did you build your team? And uh, I'm curious what you look for in those people to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you. I think today the team is is exceptional. The people we have today are very very strong. In the early days, I definitely made some made some hiring mistakes. What I look for in in the team is um, is somebody who really gets what we're trying to build. We're we're on a mission here to build the next WhatsApp. This is going to be the maintenance platform with a focus on simplicity. And everyone, nearly five billion adults have a have a smartphone, and they can all communicate and collaborate together very very easily now. So people who get that and who are all in on, on, on that mission. Identifying people as well who, who enjoy taking um, ownership of their own part of the business and having, having that autonomy to, uh, to make decisions and to be fully on board with making mistakes. You know, I always, I always explain to the team that we've got 10 items on our, on our plan and one of them is we're going to make a, a mistake. You know, so when it happens, yeah, we were expecting that to happen. And if we're not making mistakes, we're not moving fast enough. So it's having people who have the courage, who have the determination and and the hunger to join us to uh, to try to try to do something very special in the world. Let's talk about scalability then. And this will be interesting given you went through a few, probably a few cycles with some of these agencies before you found Cathal and then built it through an agency and then brought Cathal in. So I'm curious how scalability was approached in the beginning. Was it built to scale efficiently from day one or are you fighting this as you grow and gain traction? One of the things that most impressed me about, about Cahill and, and, and his architecture was he always approached it with a 10x design on day one. So if we were targeting 100 customers, he had it architected for 1,000. Then when we were at 1,000 customers, he had it architected for 10,000. So he always had the 10x view in his mind when he was architecting the solution from day one. It cost us a little bit more, let's say, on AWS services and bills every month, but just having the mindset to A, build a a global system from, from day one, and B, always be pushing to promote scale 
with everything you do is uh, was was really important. So as you step out on the balcony, you look across all that you've built. What are you most proud of? I think I'm most proud of the simplicity. Some of the most emotional feedback we get from some of our customer users are people who may not speak English as a first language and they say, listen, thank you for this. For the very first time in my career, I can communicate and collaborate with my maintenance and management teams just super effectively and it just has eliminated a lot of stress from my life. So. I think that that's really, really important. We're keen to use technology to make people's lives better. And when we hear that um, kind of emotional feedback, we're absolutely thrilled. Let's flip the script a little bit, Paul. Tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. We started off in September 2019. And six months later, COVID hit. So on day one, we were very, very focused on hotels. We went all in on hotels. And of course, hotels were were greatly impacted on March 2020. Certainly don't regret that decision one bit um, because focus and focusing on a niche is really, really important. We went really broad at that point and we would, we were talking to people, you know, in Australia, New Zealand, Africa, just we were, we were talking to people, Canada, Alaska, everywhere. I think on mature reflection, that was a little bit of a mistake because A, it was exhausting. You know, I was doing demos at 12 midnight, 1, 1 a.m., back up again at doing another demo at 5 a.m., this kind of stuff. So I think we probably stretched ourselves a little bit too thin at that point. And I would have probably, on, on reflection, maintained more of a focus. There's plenty market in Europe and there's plenty market in, in, in the U.S. And you don't have to go unbelievably wide too early. Today, we're back down, focusing really, really hard again. We're, got, we're focusing really hard on, on hotels, UK and Ireland, and, and the East Coast of the US primarily. And it just it's a more comfortable focus when, when, you, when you recognize that the total addressable market is enormous just in those areas, and just keep your focus on, uh, on those. So what does the future look like for SnapFix, the product, and for your team? The future is really exciting. On the product side of it, we have recently designed the simplest asset management module to add to SnapFix. So our customers have, say, have been saying, listen, thanks a million. We're now managing our, our, our wonderful buildings, both uh, reactive and planned maintenance. And you know what? We've got a lot of valuable equipment within our building, and we'd love a super simple way to, to manage that. We're taking a different approach to building an asset register. Normally people start with big long lists and attributes and all the rest of it. In SnapFix, you'll build up your asset register by taking out your camera and taking a photograph of it and then adding the attributes and then adding the documents and things like that. So you build it up kind of organically and you don't have to hire somebody to, to manage your asset register. It's super simple and, and super intuitive. The opportunity ahead of us is, is enormous. We're starting to talk to companies, strategic partners who have massive numbers of properties. And that's really exciting now to be moving into that phase. We're impressing a lot of people with our obsession with simplicity. And I'll, I'll always say we're never simple enough. And I joke with everybody that I had black hair when I started this a couple of years ago. And my hair is very, very gray now. It's simplicity is really hard. 
but we're on a mission to outsimplify everybody else. And and we, we've met some people who uh, who really like that focus. And it's also a multi-decade focus. You know, some of the greatest companies in the world, Apple, Google, and all the rest of it, they became really, really insane companies after about 15 years. Taking a long-term view is, is core to Snapfix as well. So let's switch to you, Paul. Who influences the way that you work? Name a person you, or many persons or something you look up to and why. In the early days, I did a lot of research around um, Steve Jobs and Johnny Ive on, on, on just the design of a product side of things. Today, I would be a big fan of Paul Graham in Y Combinator because there's somebody who has invested in, in about 2,000 plus startups and he has seen every single pitfall across a large volume of, 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 of startups. So the learnings from from reading his papers and reading his notes and, and blogs has been enormous. So I'd be a big fan, fan of that because it just reminds you of all the plates you got to spin all the time and finding the right co-founder is just is just up there and I'm blessed to have uh, to have met Cahill on day one so that's that's just a massive thing and it's a massive failure point for, for for startups and I would encourage anybody to read everything you can from Paul Graham because it's it's a well-worn path of startup experience and loads of learnings there if you could go back to the beginning what would you do different or or is there anything any place you would consider taking a different approach in? We were mobile first, and we said we're not we're not creating we're not creating a web version of this. And obviously, that changed when COVID hit, and everyone was stuck in their bedrooms. And I always I would say we were doing B two B sales, which was bedroom to bedroom sales. We were in our bedrooms; they were in their bedrooms, but we were still able to we were still able to sell Snapfix. Appreciating people who want to sit at their desk with a large screen and to be able to manage their teams would would have been one one learning from day one. So now we're available on, on Apple and Android and web, of course. And I think I held the view at the very, very beginning that this was going to be mobile to mobile. But, um, but desktop is very, very important. Okay, last question, Paul. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off the world. They can't wait to show it off you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? Keep doing exactly what you're doing because I I, I do the same thing. I tell everybody about Snapfix. I was recently on, on vacation with, uh, with with my family at a location and I sold them Snapfix. So it's just if, uh, if you're obsessed about it and if you've fallen in love with the problem, just keep telling people about it because one of the things I have learned over the last number of years is when you speak to a lot of people over time, you eventually speak to the right people. And that goes for raising investment or identifying customers and tell the world you as the founder are the best marketeer for for your product. Absolutely. That's great advice. Well, Paul, thank you for being on the show today, and thank you for telling the creation story of Snapfix. Thank you very much, uh, Noah. I really, really enjoyed this conversation, and I look forward to keeping in touch. And this concludes another chapter of Code Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Labhart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening.